Tartarus by Marcus Rose, with additional sound design by Niall Hewitt. Episode 4 Der Apfelgarten, Part 1 Emilia gently drifted back into consciousness as the sunlight from the window beside her bed fell upon her eyelids. She opened her eyes and was immediately dazzled by the yellow light. Holding up her hands in defence, she sat up and propped her pillow up against the head of her bed, sitting back against it. Slowly, her eyes adjusted themselves to the morning light and she sat forward slightly to get a better view out the window. She looked out across acres of apple trees, their crimson fruit gently bobbing on the warm breeze, beyond which were a range of snow-covered mountains turned sand-coloured by the morning light. Emilia clumsily groped for her phone on the bedside cabinet, her arm still half asleep, and knocked it onto the floor, which was mercifully carpeted. Leaning over and scooping up the phone, she turned it towards her, and the screen lit up automatically. 6.51. Her alarm would go off in nine minutes. Emilia briefly considered going back to sleep. Her entire body seemed to be magnetised to the bed covers, but dismissed the idea. She knew from experience that it would only make her feel more tired. Putting the phone back onto the bedside cabinet, she threw her covers to one side as she sat up, swiveling herself around and setting her feet on the floor. The bed opposite her was neatly made and, as always at that time of day, empty. Her roommate, Sophia, slept only a few hours a night, choosing to get up early every day to spend an hour or so in the computer labs before breakfast. Emilia ran a hand through her short hair and screwed up her face at the feeling of grease between her fingers. A shower was needed. She crossed the room, unlatched the lock, swung the door open and headed out of her room towards the dorm shower. There were several upsides to living where you studied. One of them was the ability to get up late and, still, usually, make it to your classes on time. The Orchard College of Computing Science, or Der Apfelgarten, as it was colloquially referred to, was an elite international English-speaking college which specialised in training would-be programmers in the art of coding. Its graduates, as the school flyers often boasted, invariably became high-flying software engineers, web developers and system administrators for the world's most prominent tech giants. The Apfelgarten's state-of-the-art campus was located in western Austria, near Lake Constance, and the borders with Switzerland, Germany and Liechtenstein. The college's buildings were almost all brand new and carefully maintained, giving the campus a modern, almost futuristic look. This, coupled with the college's faculty, which was made up of some of the world's foremost technical geniuses, made it very attractive to prospective students, and the college received tens of thousands of applications every year. And that was only those who could afford it. The college's tuition fees were blindingly expensive, even for such an elite school, because they also covered the luxurious, high-tech conditions in which students were housed, fed, and looked after. Despite being near three separate countries, Der Apfelgarten still felt like it was in the middle of nowhere. It was surrounded by its namesake, a 500-acre plot called the Constance Orchard, which, according to local legend, was as ancient as it was huge. 
A typical apple orchard consisted of, unsurprisingly, exclusively apple trees. This orchard, however, had many other species of tree mingled with the apples. The trees were also scattered about seemingly randomly, as opposed to being arranged in neat rows. According to the student induction manual which Emilia had been made to read when she arrived, the varied tree species and scattered distribution also contributed to the unique flavour of Constance apples. Although she was sceptical about this, Emilia couldn't deny that Constance apples were the best she had ever tasted. Emilia approached the door to the shower, which was down a short, thin corridor, lined with doors to other dorm rooms. Her bare feet stuck slightly to the wooden flooring as she walked, which was pleasantly warm, thanks to the sunlight streaming in through the many windows. When she reached the door, an LED on the lock turned green, and a small display showed her name, Emilia Jaeger, before the door released, with a clunk allowing her to enter. She pushed the door open, and, enjoying the warmth of the shower room, which was adjacent to a small sauna, she stretched before getting out of her pyjamas. With a clunk, the electromagnetic lock on the shower enclosure door disengaged, allowing the glass pane to slide open invitingly as the shower head started to gush steaming hot water. A mechanical churning could be heard from beyond the wall next to her, and before long a section of the wooden panelling slid open with a whir, revealing a freshly laundered towel which, like seemingly everything in the college, smelled of apples. A deep voice issued from the speaker in the ceiling. Guten Morgen, Emilia. Would you like some caffeine with your shower this morning? Good morning, Felix, Emilia replied, stepping into the shower and beginning to soak her hair. Yes, please. 80 milligrams as usual. Dispensing now. The shower head gave a short, sharp hiss, barely audible above the thundering water, and Emilia breathed in deeply. The canteen was relatively quiet. Much of the student body considered sleeping in on a Sunday to be a more worthy investment than trivial things such as food and drink. Emilia was sitting alone at a small table, on which she had deposited a bowl of muesli, a banana and a glass of apple juice, next to a glass wall which faced the same direction as her window, but from ground level. Since the orchard's canopy wasn't very dense, plenty of light filtered through to the ground, illuminating the grass in slowly shimmering fingers of sunshine. A few small picnic tables were visible in a clearing not far away, and, as Emilia watched, an orchardist, dressed in a pair of white overalls, put down a large wheelbarrow, propped his wooden ladder against one of the trees, and began to ascend towards the apples. He picked one and turned it in his hand, inspecting it. Quite suddenly, he froze staring at the apple. He remained like this, completely unmoving, for long enough that Emilia started to become concerned. Presently, though, the orchardist shuddered slightly, as though shaking off an unpleasant thought, and tossed the apple gently into the waiting wheelbarrow. The screeching of the chair opposite her against the plastic floor distracted Emilia from her puzzled observation. Sophia, her blonde hair tied up in a neat bun, flashed her a quick smile as she sat down, plonking a plate, weighted down with sausages, bacon, toast, baked beans, mushrooms and scrambled eggs onto the table, along with a mug of steaming black coffee. I am bloody starving, Sophia proclaimed, before cramming a large triangle of toast into her mouth and adding thickly, as always. 
She swung the strap of her messenger bag off her shoulder, retrieved a book titled The Fundamentals of Cognitive Robotics, and propped it open in one hand, tilting her head back slightly to study it through the lenses of her glasses, which were perched at the very end of her nose, levering another toast triangle into her mouth. Emilia smiled. While she was unsure exactly how Sophia was capable of concentrating on eating, reading, and having a conversation all at once, she understood that for Sophia, performing one task at a time seemed like an inexcusable inefficiency. Emilia didn't mind not having Sophia's undivided attention. In fact, she quite enjoyed it. She could tell Sophia anything at all, quite secure in her assumption that Sophia would only remember the faintest outline of what she had said. Inextricably mentally intermingled with the complex concepts of cognitive robotics and scrambled eggs. I just saw a man having an existential crisis over an apple, Emilia remarked, taking a sip of her juice. I know, Sophia replied, before frowning and darting a look at Emilia over the top of her book. Wait, what? One of the orchardists just stared at an apple for about a minute solid. Sophia took a sip of her coffee as they both turned to look at the orchardist, who had now finished stripping the tree of its fruit and was in the process of ascending the ladder to a second tree. Well, he's an orchardist, Sophia said sagely, turning once again to her book. He probably quite likes apples. This was an entirely unsatisfying solution, but Amelia decided it was best to move on. Besides, there was something she had been waiting to ask Sophia about. Do you know yet if you got into the lodge? The lodge was a part of the college which was located off-campus, a large wooden building high in the Austrian Alps. It was here that leadership and business classes took place, but not for just any student. The Apfelgarten was already a very elite and expensive college, but the lodge accepted only the most gifted of its students, those who were considered likely to end up industry leaders in the future. To be considered for the lodge, an Apfelgarten student had to achieve outstanding results in their exams and complete an additional mysterious assessment known informally as the Alps exam, which was designed to test their leadership suitability. None who took the Alps exam were permitted to speak of its contents, but it was said to be both dangerous and nearly impossible. Any Apfelgarten student could apply to enter the lodge at any stage of their studies, although very few were successful and most waited for their final year before attempting to get in. Only one application was permitted per student. Emilia and Sophia were only in their second year, but Sophia had applied to the lodge a few months ago after achieving top grades in her summer exams. While Emilia had received similar results, she had no interest in being a leader and therefore didn't waste time applying to the lodge. She was highly intrigued by the Alps test, however. Sophia had so far refused to give Emilia any details of the Alps exam. Despite her attempts to get her to spill the beans in between mouthfuls of toast when she wasn't fully paying attention. The one piece of information that Sophia had deigned to give Amelia was that the exam was far less exciting than it got credit for. Sophia smiled crookedly, her mouth still full of food, and nodded. And? said Amelia, putting down her glass of apple juice and leaning forward. Sophia covered her mouth with her hand and methodically finished chewing her piece of sausage before answering. I got in, she said, casually, failing to disguise the excitement and jubilation which were dancing in her eyes. Brilliant, 
Emilio exclaimed animatedly, her curly hair bobbing around loosely on her head. I knew you'd get in. Well done, you're such a genius. Sophia's smile widened and she reddened significantly, hiding behind her copy of the Fundamentals of Cognitive Robotics. Oh, stop, she muttered. You would have got in too if you'd applied. Doesn't mean you're not a genius. I am not a genius, Sophia replied. I'm just lucky that Professor Hoffman was willing to write me a letter of recommendation. Professor Tobias Hoffman was, without a doubt, Emilia and Sophia's favourite teacher at Der Apfelgarten. He was one of the youngest professors at the college, a former student who had remained at the school to work on his research into quantum random number generation. He handled the data structures and algorithms module, the practical sessions of which took place inside the college's sub-zero lab, a subterranean bunker which housed the institution's quantum computers, all of which had to be kept at extremely low temperatures in order to function properly. As Sophia and Amelia had shuddered, rubbing their hands together in the freezing basement, they had grown rather fond of Professor Hoffman. He was likeable for his earnestness and the fact that anyone could read him like a book. He often arrived at his above-ground classes late and with particles of ice clinging to his hair, which is what led to his nickname, Inspector Frost. If Amelia was honest, however, the main reason she and Sophia liked spending time around Professor Hoffman was that he was nearly always accompanied by his German shepherd, Lola, who he insisted everyone referred to as Professor Bones. Lola sat calmly in the corner of Hoffman's classroom, occasionally catching a treat, which the professor would throw to her in between lecture topics. Lola even accompanied the class to their subterranean lab, sporting a fashionable pink coat and a set of specialised slippers to protect her feet from the cold floor. Emilia and Sophia had both left dogs behind when they chose to move into Der Apfelgarten, and as a result, they had both immediately taken a shine to Lola, who seemed to like them in return almost as much as she liked her master. Emilia and Sophia would invariably stay behind for a few minutes after one of Professor Hoffman's classes to say hello to his colleague and give her a treat, saved from the cafeteria. Sadly, neither of them were taking any of Professor Hoffman's classes this year, but that didn't stop them from visiting him and Lola every week to catch up and dispense dog treats. Luck had absolutely nothing to do with Professor Hoffman's decision to recommend you, Emilia smirked. You've probably saved him thousands in dog food and treats. Well, as it turns out, it was worth it, Sophia replied, giving Emilia a smug smile. I suppose so. So when do you leave? Tomorrow. They're taking us there by bus and funicular railway, Sophia explained. We stay for a week and then come back. All that revising and testing just for a week of training? Amelia screwed up her face. It seems like a lot for not very much. Let's hope you're wrong. Amelia smiled. Let's hope so. Amelia missed Sophia while she was away at the lodge. She and the other selectees were bussed away the next day, and while she had tried to appear casual, Sophia had obviously been extremely excited. They had agreed to a video call on Thursday evening after classes so that Emilia's curiosity about the mysterious leadership training could be satisfied. However, Sophia was late to the video call. Emilia stared at her own image, which was looking back at her gloomily from her laptop. She glanced down at the time, which was displayed at the bottom corner of the screen. Sophia was now almost half an hour late. 
She couldn't possibly have forgotten, could she? Amelia picked up her phone, opened it, and brought up her messages to Sophia. She tapped in a short text, but before she could send it, she heard an electronic crackling from her laptop. Sophia's smiling face appeared, dimly illuminated by her laptop. Hello, she said breezily. I'm sorry for being late. There was a brief pause as Amelia waited for her to provide an excuse, but none came. Oh, Amelia waved her hand dismissively. Not to worry. I'm sure you're super busy with all your special lessons. I am, yes. Another odd pause stretched out between them. The call quality was unusually bad. The college's internet service was second to none, so usually video calls were nearly as good as real-life conversation. But Sophia was appearing as a fuzzy collection of pixels, and there seemed to be a significant delay between Amelia speaking and Sophia responding. So, um... Amelia frowned slightly, leaning closer to her laptop. What have your lessons been about, exactly? She smiled. Learned how to lead the free world yet, or is, or is that tomorrow? Sophia laughed loudly. If only, she said. No, I'm sorry, but I'm not allowed to tell you. Ha, I see. Amelia's smile broadened. It's above my pay grade. Way above, said Sophia. Amelia stopped smiling and leaned back a little. Initially, she had thought the conversation was only awkward because of the delay in the call, but it was now undeniable that Sophia was acting very strangely indeed. Sophia smiled back at her through the pixel haze. She decided to address the awkwardness as indirectly as possible. Are the classes stressful at all? Are you handling it all okay? This was a risky question. Emilia knew that questioning Sophia's academic acumen seldom went down well. Again, Sophia paused before replying. No, the classes are excellent. I like it here a lot. In fact, Sophia's smile widened into a gaping grin. I have been offered a place here permanently, as an intern. Emilia's frown deepened. Really? I didn't know they did that. They do. So you won't be coming back this semester? No, I will not. I'll be staying here. Are you okay? You seem to be tired, maybe? I'm okay. Don't worry about me. But I am a little tired. I should go to bed. Good night. Sophia smiled broadly, waved at the screen, and hung up. Amelia sat, frozen in her chair, trying to wrap her brain around what had just been one of the weirdest social interactions of her entire life. She knows. Patricia Hallow removed her earphones and exhaled, massaging her brow with both of her elbows resting on the desk. Before her, on the desk, sat a large all-in-one desktop PC. On the monitor was displayed the text, Call Ended. Abruptly, the main studio lights came on. Patricia squinted against the sudden brightness and sat back in her chair almost touching the tip of her hair bun to the green screen behind her. Are you sure, ma'am? came a voice beyond the monitor. 
Not a hundred percent. Run expressive and verbal analysis just in case. Yes, ma'am. Do you think there was a problem with the facial mapping? No, I don't see why there would be. I think it was the performance. When Patricia Hallow admitted that she had made a mistake, it was rarely coupled with the use of personal pronouns. She hadn't got to where she was now by taking the blame for things. She stood up, being careful not to betray her frustration by pushing the swivel chair away from her with too much force. The man sitting opposite her, far enough away so that his typing couldn't be picked up by her microphone, looked up. Their eyes met for a second, before he averted his gaze, looking back at his computer monitor. Facial and verbal analysis complete, ma'am. Odds are 89% that she's suspicious of you. He coughed. Of us, ma'am. As I thought, Patricia replied, keeping her eyes fixed firmly on the man's face as she took a step closer to his desk. She let a moment pass in silence before speaking again. Professor Moonstone? The man looked up. Yes, Chancellor Hallow. Which teacher did you say the subject and her friend had formed a bond with? It was, uh... Moonstone quickly returned his gaze to his computer monitor, clicking frantically through a series of taps. Patricia sighed, quietly, but loudly enough that Moonstone would notice. Analysis from the subject's phone and data from the AI, Felix, suggests that she and Emilia Jaeger formed a bond with, uh, Professor Tobias Hoffman. Issue him a command. He is to tell Miss Jaeger that we have requested her presence here at the lodge. Her friend is having trouble coping with the pressure of our curriculum, and she has requested Miss Jaeger's presence for reasons of emotional support. Very good, ma'am. Do it soon. Meanwhile, I'll get out of these stupid clothes. Patricia strode past Moonstone's desk towards the exit. Just before she reached it, she turned. Oh, and Alfred, she said, Miss Jaeger will still be required to undergo the initiation procedure, of course. Of course, ma'am. Chancellor Patricia Hallow's mouth curled into the hint of a smile before she turned, swung open the door, and disappeared into the corridor beyond. Mm-hmm.